0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting Radiolamon.com. Live from
0: Trackside, this is IMSA Radio.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome along to Michelin Rich Raceway Laguna. Laguna Seca? Why have I put us in California? It's because the weather is so lovely outside. The sun is... Sh- I think I saved that one. Don't, don't, Nobody will notice I got crossed up coming out the final corner, but I kept it out the wall. That's fine. Uh, welcome along to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. It's only Thursday. What are we going to be like by the time we get to... Two hours to go on Saturday Nice, Sun is shining. The weather is absolutely gorgeous. Temperature coming up. A few fluffy Simpsons-type clouds in the sky. And we are ready to go once again for an hour and 15 practice for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. We'll tell you all about why it's an hour and 15 minutes and who's doing what and who's going to be out on the circuit. Uh, But next, it's Shea Adam down in the pit lane with an update as we're live on IMSA Radio.
0: The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio.
3: It is a glorious day out here, nice and warm. The jackets have come off, except for Romain Dumas, who for some reason is still wearing a very puffy winter coat over top of his fire suit but the gloves have also started to come off down here in the pit lane we saw a little bit of strategy taking place in that first session not going to be the case for this one there was tire saving going on it's going to be flat out and i'm just going to dive in here with our lmp2 champion elect hello matt mcmurray how's it been going so far it's been going great so far uh Mostly just getting my two teammates up to speed because neither of them have been here. <laughs> so they, they got a, a little bit to learn, but they're doing good. You haven't had Gabriel in the car with you for quite some time. Uh, what's it like to get him back finally after you've gotten so many wins in the meantime? <laughs> yeah, it's been good. We've been doing well without him, but I'm sure he'll, he'll do a great job this weekend. Um, just came off of a good result in uh, Fuji, and so hopefully so we carry that into this weekend. It's a little bit more different of a track. Japan coming to Road Atlanta. How have you been helping him with Petit? Because it really is its own beast. Oh yeah, definitely. He was he was excited after the first session. It's a little bit bumpier than Fuji, I think, but uh, he got up to speed quickly, and we'll have a whole another session now, so it'll be good. Good luck to both of you guys in the 52 PR1 Matheson Oracle. Thanks, Jay.
2: Uh, Jeremy Shaw is alongside me here in the booth. And uh, a relatively clean first session. Who did we not see? Corvettes didn't do that much. They were saving a bit of their tyre life. Uh, We had... Who had problems? I'm trying to remember. We've had so much on track already today. We had a... The, uh, the ah, yeah, we had the big crash, didn't we? For Paul Miller Racing, Diana has just reminded me. Thank you, uh, Ms. Binks. She's down at the Defending Champions at the moment with the car that came back that was um, pretty second-hand, Di, when it came back off the truck.
0: It was, it looks, uh, there's a lot of work still going on on the number 48 Paul Miller Racing Machine. We had a quick chat with Brian Sellers and they're all just sitting waiting patiently. They're working really hard to try and repair the car. There's a number of different repairs going on and they're hopeful that they'll get back out during this session. So I'll keep an eye on that and see how they're progressing as the session gets underway.
2: Okay, thank you very much uh, Diana Binks joining us this morning, uh, this afternoon uh, yep. and this weekend rather for the, for the uh, Mortal Petelamon Week.
4: And in addition to the two Corvettes that, that waited uh, a goodly part of the session before going out, they completed uh, 11 and 12 laps, respectively, for number three and number four car. The two a- Action Express Cadillacs also were uh, pretty skimpy on their lap counts. Number 31 car, uh, well, the, the number five car only went out, well, you know, didn't, hardly went out at all, basically. just did three or four laps at the beginning of the session. didn't set a representative time. The uh, number 31 car, the sister car, only did nine laps, uh, uh, but it was the fastest of all mm. uh, at a 1 minute 9.093. They scrubbed
2: in some wets this morning, believe it or not. How pessimistic is that? <laughs> 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 hmm. Don't forget, the wets, of course, don't count against their tyre allocation uh, this weekend, uh, which was changed about a week ago. Green flag! extra couple of sets for uh, DPI and P2 uh, and GT Le Mans so just uh, bear that in mind, Junkos a little bit late on parade, the number 50 car just rolls onto the pit lane from the paddock area in that white, green and bright yellow machine as the engines fire and the cars head out
4: Yes, but the the first uh, 15 minutes of this session will be only for silver and bronze rated drivers, in the, Is it the uh, first or the last. It's the first one this time. Ah, okay. Um, they seem to sh- sh- swap that around somewhat, don't they? But this, this how it's the first first 15 minutes for silver and bronze drivers only for either LMP2 or GT2. GTD, right? Uh, and I think in LMP2, that's that's everybody, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in um, and then after that first 15 minutes, everybody can go out for the next uh, 45. And then the final. That,
2: it says here 2.50 two to 3.20. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's yeah, half an
4: hour. I know, but at 3.05. Oh, I see.
2: It's, it's, GT it's, it's Le Mans and DPI come right. out as well. Yeah, right. okay, so right. For the,
4: for the final 15 minutes of the session, it'll be only DPI and GTLM. And uh, we, we've switched that around, haven't we? Sometimes it's the uh, GT. D cars that go out first, and sometimes it's the LMP cars that go out first. Okay, I'm
2: hugely confused yeah, by the way that's written down. Exactly.
4: Okay, but the, but here, trust me, it's the first. Fi- it I is the first 15 I minutes. I'm, I'm gonna so it's go- now 15 in total, isn't it? Then I guess I'm gonna, right? I'm gonna, I'm yeah.
2: gonna, uh, I'm gonna go with you, Mr. Shaw. Thank you. Trust Mr. Shaw. Never doubt the Shaw.
4: Well, not sure about that, but, <laughs> but wait, so it's something that doesn't add up, there, does it?
2: <laughs> Don't worry.
4: Leave it. Move on.
2: We'll watch it. (laughs) This works well on the radio. He's almost doing it on his fingers here at the moment. Mm. Uh, Thanks very much to Kez Cobb back in the UK, who has been engineering and producing back at RSL Main Control Room, the MCR. Uh, Rob will be stepping in for the rest of our broadcast day. They're working in a couple of shifts. (laughs) Lightweight. I don't know. <laughs> Safe journey home, Kez. Enjoy the uh, the drive home in the Jeep Compass, and say hi to the cobblers from us, coblets from us, back over here. A uh, little chilly over in uh, South of River in London. I'm hearing uh, from there at the moment. Beautiful afternoon here. If you are just joining us, what? Nearly eight o'clock back in the UK. Nearly nine in Central Europe and we're underway with an hour and 12 minutes still to go in this session uh, of the hour and 15 total but as Jeremy said first 15 minutes silver and bronze drivers in P2 and GTD then everybody joins in for the middle section and the last 15 uh, minutes or the last uh, 10 minutes actually 305 to 405 is GT Le Mans and DPI the two pro classes No, that's still not right. 305 to 405, that's a full hour. Uh, 320 to 350. 250 to 320. Yeah, and then from
4: 350 to 405, though, is GTLM and DPI only. Where's that on the thing? Well, yeah, exactly. It's at the third bit down. 305 to 405. GTLM ah, I see, and that goes beyond everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine.
2: Yes, because everybody else is knocked out at that point.
4: Yeah, last people standing. Yes, okay. If
2: Sally and Rob are travelling on a train that is doing forty-two <laughs> miles an hour from Swindon
4: <laughs>
2: to Bristol, yeah, and coming the other way, Dave and Maggie are on the National Express coach. Which is averaging have you set 42 off, miles
4: I've been set off three minutes f- soon, earlier.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many world championships? <laughs> 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 yeah, it is one of those, isn't it? I'm, I'm not even going to look at that. Do you know what? I'm going to take that off my screen. Let's go back to the Twitter art, twittage, uh, At Im Radio, please. If, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us. How it, save us. Save us from this madness of time. I have got to... A little bit of a problem for the Faf Porsche in new colours this weekend. The right-hand side uh, door mirror flapping uh, in the breeze. It comes down and comes back into the pit lane. Now, has it managed to hold on or has it fallen off? The blue with yellow tartan, yellow plaid on it. She Adam is up there, pit but of course she is. That's our resident... Canadian. That's what it says on our race suit. What's happened Shea? Have they had a bit of contact there has it just fallen off?
3: Nope, nope. There's been quite a bit of contact. Uh, The blue plaid is no longer strictly blue plaid. There's some white on it. There's some green. There's a lot of scuffing on the right front of the car. It definitely had right side impact as well. The back looks pretty unscathed, but the front definitely met some tyre bundle somewhere that had some green on it. This is going to be Maybe not necessarily a behind-the-wall sort of situation, but they are going to want to make sure that all the suspension bits are okay. You don't want to go through the final turn here with any hint of a doubt of something being able to break. It's going to be a little bit more work for Faf.
4: Limited number of places you can run off here and damage the right-hand side of the car, particularly when you're pointing in the right direction. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's, you're making an assumption
2: there, Jeremy, but that might not possibly have been so. <laughs> yeah, no, you, which, you're right, which, though.
4: Which way has the wing mirror been bent forwards or backwards? Well, no, it's hanging off on, a, on it its is side, electrical... It's hard to say, isn't it?
2: I, I wonder if he maybe went wide at five. You yep. could go there yep, and yep. get pretty close to the wall.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: But it didn't look that... D- Shea's still there uh, looking at she, it. Shea, it did look that dusty. Oh, it, no. it, so uh, so I'm not sure shooting been through a gravel trap, had it?
3: No, no, no. It doesn't look uh, dusty. There's a little hint of orange Georgia clay across the bottom of the splitter. Um, but not a good idea to just tape over the hole which the mirror has left because it's no longer with the struts coming out. That's now sitting limply on the pit wall. But they're not going to put a new door on, and they're not going to put a new mirror on. They're just going to leave Zach with no visibility up the right side of the car. I don't really like that when there's two LMP2 cars running around.
2: Well... I suppose he's got a rear view mirror as well on the inside of the car and there's no, uh, is there a fire, no there's no firewall there so he should be able to see through the the back window as well guys are going to have to spot for him I would have thought and uh, that isn't as easy as it sounds here um, particularly in these early sessions when there aren't any what I would call cut pictures we do have access to some static cameras as the our TV colleagues are getting themselves set up for what is a busy weekend for them as well. We will have some sound and vision for you uh, before we get to the main race on Saturday. If it's WeatherTech action that you are after, then qualifying, of course, will be live in sound and vision with no breaks or blocks. Uh, We'll have the Michelin Pilot Fox Factory 120 on Friday, plus all of the development and challenge series race as well so the single manufacturer uh, events from the prototypes and Porsche at the weekend so their race is also live for you in sound and vision Brian Sellers has just joined us Brian jump on the jump on that headset on the far side of there I'd recognize recognize that touch anyway Brian
5: good afternoon <laughs> hello what happened to the car this morning uh just a just a small mistake i mean the it's so sensitive around here the difference between you know a mistake and going fast and nothing and i he just got it a little bit wrong going down into it's the S's. A safe rate of yeah, yeah, yep, and <coughs> just a little mistake in, into the tires, and you know, unfortunately, nothing's easy to fix on these cars, so it just takes a little bit of time. So, what,
4: did, did you lose it kind of through the the, uh, the right hander then coming down the hill? Yeah, or did yeah. he get into trouble at the top and was trying to save it from there on? S- basically, what
5: happens is we. <laughs> we fight understeer in the car currently and so you can turn into the s's that are nearly flat full throttle uh-huh. and um when when he lifted he had more steering in it than yes. he wanted and of course when you lift it transferred all the weight to the front and he turned a little too quick and got the curb and the curb actually is what caused oh, the incident right. so and i think he went off the
2: driver's right yeah, and then bounced back out again right. to where we saw the yeah. car on the pictures yeah, afterwards, which is right. all you guys saw as well. You hadn't seen it happen.
5: No, not at all. So, I mean, it's just so minimal. It didn't take much, you know, if he'd have been six inches one direction and missed the curb, it would have been, been okay. an absolute non-issue. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and what's the state of the car then, Brian? The guy's working <laughs> hard at the moment to replace what?
5: It's fine. Um, we just had we had some suspension damage and a couple of, uh, like, bodywork pieces that needed to be welded on. The problem is, is because it's all aluminum. You don't have just anybody can do that, you know, okay. so we had to... Uh, source some people to get it done. So we're fine. It's, you know, it's almost back together. It just needs to go through the full setup again. Everything needs to be zeroed and checked. And so that's what takes the time. You know, the guys have it ready. Uh, it's kind of cool, actually. Our spotter um, is was the guy that ended up welding the aluminum back together. So it's, uh, you know... Double, multi-talented yeah. team double Exactly, GZ, yeah, exactly,
4: yeah, right. exactly. No, Nice
5: of you to join us here by the yeah, way Because it would be
4: much easier just to go home wouldn't it
5: <laughs> <laughs> It would have been I could have got there have faster I think actually The you security could've. it takes to get in here now is incredible <laughs> 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 You wonder what kind of deals happen in this
0: building
2: No, oh, we can't tell you that Yeah, You haven't got the right stinger, I'm no, telling no, you that
5: I, I haven't that's for sure
2: It's been a tough year as defending champions for you and Paul Miller miller racing a character building yeah they always say difficult enough to win one championship harder to defend it
5: yeah it was it it is a tough year i mean and i think the the thing that makes it difficult is we've actually had good race cars and great speed you know it's not that uh you know sometimes you can at least say man maybe we didn't get our maybe we didn't wrap our heads around the Mm. evo car the right way and we just couldn't come to grips but we did we have mm. a good car and the fact that we just couldn't put it together until laguna is what makes it frustrating yeah you know, that, that's the hard part
2: you ran away and hit at laguna though yeah
5: laguna was great
2: that's where the day comes together we were talking early on about it in other classes in the w- weathertech sports car championship um i was talking with the guys from porsche earlier in the week uh, on midweek motorsport on wednesday uh, down at porsche at, at uh, atlanta H- hq there I used to say, Jeremy and I would be commentating, and we used to say, well, oh, there's a little mistake. That might cost them a bit of an opportunity to get the win. They maybe can fight back from that in a longer race. You make one small mistake now not only you're not going to get a win you're probably not going to get a podium or a top five position in your class you have to be picture perfect to even be in with a chance and then you still might not get a result
5: yeah it's true i mean it, it the the depth of the field is is so large and it's extremely difficult to pass nowadays because in in this is you know not meant to be in a part of the conversation but the bop actually is so close right now that um it makes the racing tight hang on stop the presses driver says bop close that's because our car's been good so
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, but a lot of people always criticize bop say there's no need for it but when you when you've got a class particularly like gt daytona brian where cars are based on street cars that have very different philosophies and the race cars have to be based so closely on their streetcar counterpart without bop you simply wouldn't have this many manufacturers in there
5: yeah i mean t- for me to be honest I, like i just couldn't really care any just less about, about the vop right because it's part of the sport we're in it wasn't 10 years ago it is now and um it's done a lot of good things yeah. too you know it's it's uh, it's so easy to overlook that it's allowed us to have all these manufacturers in one place i mean what is the likelihood, really, that before BOP you'd ever seen um, a Bentley and a Porsche mm-hmm. race together, mm-hmm. or uh, a Lexus and a or a, Lexus Lamborghini. And a Lamborghini? Right. I mean, all these things—they allow this to happen, and they—it's they, brought an influx of money into the sports. So Six out of the eight manufacturers,
2: I think Jeremy said earlier on, have had uh, have had results this year. It's it's an extraordinary thing to see. Um, in in terms of You know, in terms of that depth of field, though, the depth of competition in the field, that can't make things easy from a team point of view to, you know, sponsors, partners, and things like that. Because one week you can win. The next week, you you literally might be in tenth position. So, and, and that's not a reflection necessarily on how good or bad a job the teams doing. it.
5: Oh, it's it's exactly right. And <clears throat> you know, you said it's extremely hard to, to finish on a podium in the class. And I think what you've seen now, and, and you guys watch it better than than most, um, and have the ability to see it every single weekend, is everything has changed in our class. Mm. The the strategy has changed significantly uh, to what it to what it has even you know three or four years ago. The whole concept of when you're making your pit stop, how far you're driving into your windows, um, how long you want to stretch the fuel yes. and which fueling windows you want to do it in. It's all, it's all become different. And so what you've seen is everybody adapt and come up with new ideas in advance and and that's made the racing better and better and better. Uh, news about next year? Anything? This is the time we have to ask. I know everybody hates it, but
2: you know, you, we're looking at a, a, an off-season that is getting shorter and shorter.
5: And cars are going to be back on track of the road literally a couple of days after our New Year celebrations. No no news yet. Um, You know, Paul is always diligently working on uh, programs, but there's... There's, there's really, unfortunately, no news to, to report right now. I think everybody's uh, hopeful that there will be a program and that we'll all be a part of it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of pieces that, that he has to put in place Correct. for this to work. Uh, and, let, and, and let's not say, by the way, don't everybody go jumping on that and say there will be
2: no Paul Miller Racing program next year because that's not unusual nowadays
5: to be sitting here staring at the last race no. of the year. No, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's become more the norm. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, how's Ryan Hardwick doing? Uh, you had to have that knee surgery after that uh, accident. Yeah, good point.
5: yeah, he's actually very good. Um, he's planning on being here uh, Friday afternoon and Saturday, so he's he's recovering well. The good thing about Ryan is uh, is he is uh, got a hard head, so nothing will hold him down. Right. <laughs> so, so he is know. he is full in on the rehab, and uh, you know, with the goal of being back in a race car. Um, by Daytona so what I know of him and it'd be hard it'd be you'll be hard-pressed to keep him out by then okay that's
2: that's all all good all good news um this is your home circuit I mean you can probably hear the sound of the cars if you open the windows uh, back at home uh and a track that's had a few changes to the surface not to the layout of the track
5: that make a difference for as, as much as you've seen recently definitely the surface changes have been very big um <clears throat> i don't know if you've had the opportunity to talk to too many people as of yet but the the areas that they have put sealant on um create a lot more lateral grip at the moment and so you some areas more than others and some less but um like turn 7 and turn 10b where it's extremely important to be able to get to the throttle early with the power application has been um, huge, huge gains and so that's why you see the lap times right now like particularly our GTD times at 19.2 and not in qualifying trim right yeah. right now it could it could be close to qualifying trim actually with these with these conditions and tomorrow's qualifying but it, it's that's extremely fast i mean that's almost uh and do you feel it immediately half, brian when you're in the car you do, you do. yeah you feel it immediately in, and in turn seven's a funny one isn't it well because so
2: seven i always think and it doesn't matter whether you're on the simulator or in real life it's very very similar the good simulators are very good nowadays but turns 7 up to me, always feels like, oh, I, I could have gone quicker there. Oh, right, I could still go a bit quicker. Oh, I'm on the grass. It's that, that very fine line between... And, and it's all about how patient you are on the throttle. And actually, at that point, on the old configuration, sometimes it was better to be on the throttle later to get a better punch off the corner. You're saying that's all changed?
5: Yeah, it has, actually. And so there's a lot of reasons. Y- we can hit kind of all these points, and it was... Um, in the past better to be more patient because that portion of the track was where the highest amount of tire degradation came into place right and so say for example last year at the end of a stint you could hold within two or three tenths of your time at the beginning up until six and seven once you got to six and seven you would drop three quarters of a second by the time you got to ten and that is because the traction became so poor exiting seven that it hurts you down this massively long straightaway and so simply lateral into the la- corner as well. Yes, absolutely. But yeah. it, it all combines, right? Yeah. That lateral into the corner allows you to open your hands more at the middle of the corner and be to throttle sooner, right? Mm-hmm. And so now with the grip increase, it's actually different. You start progressing into the throttle a little bit sooner and your full throttle a little bit later. So you actually ah. just get the acceleration moving a little bit earlier. Got you. And along with that, your minimum speed stays up a little bit higher in the corner. You then are full throttle at a higher minimum speed, which carries you further down. Yes. So that grip increase in that corner especially has been pretty big. Then the same thing applies for 10B. And it's a very similar situation because 10B now turn 12 is almost flat or certainly in everything above GTD flat on every yes. every single lap. Which I find extraordinary. It's extraordinary, yeah. And so you now have... A straightaway from turn ten all the way to turn one that is yeah. nearly as long as the straightaway stretch from yeah, seven to seven to ten. Yeah. so um, that's where the lap time I think has really changed.
2: Uh, and does that mean then, so coming down to ten, down the hill there, always been a difficult braking area because you're coming down and it just starts to
5: to flatten out. Are you changing your braking? Are you getting there much quicker at a higher top speed? No, not so much because we. I mean you get to a point basically where you stall i mean we don't we still pull through obviously the air and and what i mean when when i say we stall is that you just get to your top speed and you just kind of can't push through the air anymore and so you know i I don't know just say it's 165 miles per hour you know we still hit 165 170 miles per hour and maybe we go 171 172 because the exit but then again the arrow is so high now that that one one and a half miles per hour doesn't two miles per hour doesn't change your break point that much. That much. And um, so you and that's still that's at turn that's one. That's the same presumably. at turn one. Yep. And the reality is is actually the. The cars have gotten better as the years, you know, like we're on an Evo car right now in the Lamborghini. So the car is better. We create more aero than what we did last year. So we actually break even later than what we did previously.
4: Wow. Uh, what's your minimum speed through, through turn 12 uh, now, I'd know? be
5: lying if I told you, but it must be, I mean, it has to be it has to be plus of 125 one no way w- doesn't yeah. it i mean yeah. we grab sixth Probably. gear right on the exit yeah. or very near to the so exit so you're flat so absolutely flat yeah. in fifth through yeah. it flat in fifth and you're getting up towards I- I wasn't the this red morning <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> this
2: morning should have been but well it was a bit chilly this yeah. morning in fairness yeah. yeah so you're getting close to the rev limit at just as you're rolling yeah. up onto the yeah. curb yeah. and snatching wow. six yeah wow
4: and that's up what a couple of miles now maybe on 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 last year i, I would say so yes i would say so
5: yeah that's that's amazing and you know, it's um, the, the the thing right now too is, I think obviously you guys are privy to the tire change that came for mm-hmm. us, and so we uh, t- we tested here with the S eight a, you know, a few weeks ago, um, and it, it is a good decision they made. Obviously the temperatures and the loading of the track the S9 correct so sorry yeah the S8 is the softer of our compounds the S9 is the harder of our compounds and um, what Michelin was worried about was uh, the temperature and the load Um, Mm. we have a car antenna so you know they they worry about the um, structure of the tire and so they made that change and you would see lap times I think even far faster than what we're doing right now Uh, uh, Brian
2: uh, Sellers with us here uh, and the red flag is out and he spotted it first uh, for <laughs> the JDC 84 car uh, in the uh, in the beach down at 10.8. Uh, now, I think that car might have not long since gone out, to be honest. It's Chris Miller, I think, in the wheel of that car. Mm. Yes, he's only done four laps down there. Uh, we'll get to some times in a moment. In fact, actually, let's do that now. The two Acuras that were quick this morning... Uh, the Team Penskeys again. Simon Pagino this time out with a 110.3, 111.1 for Graham Rahal. Uh, the best of the Cadillacs this morning was the 31 car, wasn't it? Eric Curran's been doing some laps this afternoon, so he's a little further down. So third is Christian Vautier holding the Cadillac flag at the moment in the sister car, the car that's brought out this red flag. In GT Le Mans, And these cars have uh, only been out for a few laps, of course, because they came out later in the session. Mm -hmm. It's Ford again at the top with the 66 Ford GT ahead of the 912 Championship leading Porsche 911 RSR. Lawrence Vantur going probably rather quicker than his teammate wants him to do at the moment. Going to keep that car to get it to the start of the race. And third is the Chevy Corvette number four. Fourth, the number 25 BMW. So four of the five manufacturers. uh, Sorry. Yeah, four of the five manufacturers in GTLM in the top four. Uh, GTD, Mercedes-AMG number 33. How many times have we said that down through the years? Philippe Fraga was last at the wheel of that, ahead of the Monoplast by Land, Audi number 29. Ricky Feller has been in that car. Robbie Fawley for BMW, the 96 Liquid Molli car in third. Then the Lexus in fourth is the number 12 car, Frankie Monte Calvo. Then uh, Bear Figueiredo in the Acura. We haven't had a repeat manufacturer here yet. I'm down to fifth. So, top five, five different manufacturers. And the second of the Lexus is the first repeat in sixth position. And they're separated by pff, not much, really. About a second and a half. Just underlying what we sent to, to Brian uh, earlier on. Brian Sellers is with us in the IMSA broadcast centre here. Still over 50 and a half. Uh, minutes to go
4: and that lap uh, by uh fastest in in gtd by Philippe fraga in kind of a 33 in mercedes a one minute 19.275 that is quicker than anybody managed this morning in gtd this morning it was it was bill oblin in the
5: bmw at 19.3 i think yeah. some of that is where the tire change actually comes into play so this morning Um, when you know we just touched on the difference between the S8 and the the S9 tire, and the the temperature for operating is one of the reasons for moving that, right? And so this morning's temperature is definitely too low Mm -hmm. for the S9, but this afternoon now probably just starts to dip right in the lower window of that tire. So what happens is the tire doesn't work as well in those colder temperatures and just doesn't generate as much lateral grip. But now you start to put some temperature in the tire and it goes up. So Saturday night... Could be interesting. It would be I, my guess. What I said first thing on the radio this morning is, well, this is not going to be that fun at night, uh, you know, yeah. because it will take some time to get some tire temperature. Does that in? mean you've just got to be a bit more aggressive at the, on the first few laps, or can that be counterproductive? It can be counterproductive. I mean, it can go it can go multiple ways. I mean, one of the one of the struggles is that when you exit, uh, say, pit lane and you abuse the tire, you can hurt it for the whole stint, oh, right? Really? And yeah. that early on, and just by what spinning it up as you go up the hill yeah i mean it's not so bad that way it's more along the lines of you have to be careful like uh, i think what kind of energy you put in the tire and and then especially we don't we don't get um bulletins from michelin saying don't use curbs because we're yeah. worried about things but you you don't in, yeah. in those types of temperatures yeah. because you don't want to damage in those particular sidewalls, sidewalls so it can sidewalls, be damaged, yeah. not, the, yes. not the surface exactly. of the yes. Yes, yes, exactly. yes absolutely yeah. so you have to be very cognizant of those things and when mm-hmm. it takes time to to get tire temp and pressure then it's more laps you can't use the curbs and the thing is with the advances in tires now through
2: all the manufacturers and michelin have driven this down through the years because they, they are the benchmark that everybody shoots at of course but you'll be able to remember brian that when you went out on cold tires not that long ago you knew you were on cold tires and you know you had to act accordingly problem now is tires that aren't up to temperature and pressure actually still give you quite a lot of grip and you've got to keep reminding yourself not to use all the curb and not to lean on them that much.
5: Yeah, especially like especially the softer compound of yes. the two is exactly that way. I mean, you can go with the, with the eight, the S8 and say by turn seven, you're ready to go. The tire is ready to go. It has really? the grip. Yeah, I mean, in, especially in these temperatures it is right now, it is ready right away. So if you were doing a qualifying session, in you, two laps. C- two laps. Yeah, you could do it in two laps. You could yeah. do the number in two laps. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and like you said, you you have to be careful because you don't want to hurt the sidewall of the tire early. And this is a tire that you might have to double stint in
2: race conditions. Let's not forget. So an extraordinary range that Michelin is a, a range of conditions and, and a range of use and a range of longevity that Michelin is is having to produce, and and these tires. Of course, you're not going to get the same laps in the f- times in the first two, but extraordinarily consistent right to the end of possibly even a second
5: stint, if you look after them. If you look after them, that's right. Yep. Yeah,
6: yeah. You've got plenty Amazing. of tires.
4: You've got 20 you Gt's got twenty sets of ink of tires yeah. for the cloth. That should be
5: plenty, shouldn't it? Um. Yeah. it would be enough. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we'll look at. You know the thing—the thing about
2: hey bright side about Mark Law having his accident this morning is you're not using tires. in this we session. We have
5: one set. We save one set. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's yeah. right. Is that what you typically do? Put a new set on for each of the free practice sessions? Um, it depends. It depends on how many laps you get in each session. I mean, in in I would say it also depends on the team and what you're trying to do. But you know, you you'd like to see uh, f- at least a full stent's worth of laps on a set of tires so you can see where they go. So you would likely. Um, do one-and-a-half sessions on a set and then go to another set of stickers, maybe do a mock qualifying sim depending on the timing of the sessions and everything else. Uh, but, you you know, for us personally, we always try and make sure we run at least one set all the way out. At him, radio, if you want to get in touch with us, hello to Dan Fly, who's
2: on his way. Uh, on his way, he says, with his son. Hope to see cars coming out the trucks in the morning. Looking forward to today's broadcast as we head to Road Outland. High Dan. I'd like to Pete Hilton also listening. Here. He said, what else would anybody going to PLM be listening to today? I tell you what, you're going to be really impressed when
5: you get here tomorrow. Brian, you've been to a few of these. It's Thursday. You've seen how many people are here already? It, I've never seen it like this, and I know everyone says that every year, but um, I have no reason to say it. I came in Wednesday morning to do a TV thing mm-hmm. on top of our new Michelin mm-hmm. uh, building and I I waited in line for 15 minutes to get into (laughs) the track on Wednesday morning same Uh, for me last
2: night when I came up from doing midweek motorsport down at uh, down the Porsche experience came in to check a few things out do a few technical bits and bobs then drove up to Marion's to go and have have dinner last night and as I drove up I was like it's the back street's nearly full The, the 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 amphitheatre at 10a and 10b people have already got that easy ups there they've they've staked out that
5: clip it's busy i have to i I have to well done fans yeah i mean but but i also think you have to give some major accolades to the to the to the circuit to jeff lee and his team and everybody at the track because they're starting to really put a, a huge focus and emphasis on the fan interaction and and how important it is to have them here i mean they've made a bunch of changes it's not just the the building you know they've um repaved a lot of the access roads to the back of the track and added fan walkways so that they are safe and away from the driving cars to allow them to get from one place to another and i think those things don't go overlooked by fans or by us either right because at this stage um I always say my favorite races aren't because of the racetrack, because they're because of the events that get put on. Event is the the word. Mm. And and that's what makes this place great is, yes, it's a great racetrack, but when you come and you see all these people, you get excited to be here. Uh, And
2: the other thing I've noticed, and, you know, I've been coming here since the first one in 1998, and the level of engagement in the area here, and now having spread all the way back, to atlanta you see it on local tv you were talking about the tv there you see it on local tv you see it on the billboards you see local companies getting involved it hasn't hurt the porsche coca-cola uh, tie up for this race with the with the heritage livery and that that was all over the the local tv a couple of weeks ago and that's effectively promoted the race as well i mean you live around here you've, yeah you've
5: seen that too no question and i mean uh, you know, I can't say this with any certainty at this exact point, but at one time, this event was in the top two or three uh international events that took place in georgia, right, and so you know I don't know you know maybe the masters outranks it just a little bit, but uh, yeah, but we come in that area, and that's so you know when you pull hundred and twenty five plus thousand fans, yeah, you know that's that's not a bad showing,
2: yeah, yeah, very good. So it's a case of wait and see for you now. The guys are putting the car back together. Um,
5: It'll be ready for when? It'll be ready tonight. All right, okay. No question, no question. I mean, it's ready now. It just... We could go on track now, right? There's a difference between sending it on track and being ready, but <laughs> it still has to go through all the setup stuff to make sure the toes are all aligned. But it's back. So flat together. patch and, flat and getting patch the string out and stuff like that. Get the strings, zero all the dampers. You know, run through all the electronics, make sure everything still is okay.
4: And Marco Sufri has got massively experienced, and you know he's won at Daytona, he's won at Steubing. He Hasn't won here though, but you know his confidence will have taken a bit of a beating from
5: from that. Off it yeah. always does. Yeah, it always does. And I mean, it's. Um, you know, I, a, guy like, uh, a guy like Marco who doesn't crash. <laughs> no, he really <laughs> I mean, doesn't crash. I, I've, never, I've never, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. You never see him make a mistake. So a guy like Marco um, that doesn't make mistakes, it hits hard, right? I mean, that's just, you know. And But he is uh, he is about as professional as anybody I've seen. So there's no question in my mind that uh, come night practice, he'll be ready to go again. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Brian Sellers is with us. We've still got uh, 42 minutes to go. We'll do a rundown in a moment after we've uh, heard from some other drivers down in the pit lane. Shea Adam is down at Michael Shank Racing
3: fresh out of the cat car and be a welcome back. Your sixth race this year with the Caterpillar crew and back in the Acura, did it feel just like
0: when you left it? <laughs> it's always an amazing feeling. I, I was sitting in the car this morning just getting back to the you no know, to the Acura buttons, it's so different from my stock car in Brazil. And so many details, I'm sitting there thinking that as soon as you drive it, it's just come back to your mind. And I felt great. Uh, it's my first time here at the Road Atlanta. Uh, But I felt awesome. I did some sim in Brazil uh, So I knew how to turn but it's just a different feeling with the hills and
3: it's it's such a fantastic track I loved it. What's the best part of it in real life that you didn't get from the simulator?
0: I don't feel those G's right in the car especially going downhill. I think on turn 10 11 12. It's pretty really cool Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's different from the simulator this way, uh, but it is pretty perfect, you just don't feel the the Gs in, uh, like in you. And
3: night practice tonight, you were just saying to me that it's the first time in a long time you've driven in the night. Yeah, since
0: Sebring, I don't drive in at night, so but be attentive with my lights on, it should be fun. <laughs> Enjoy it, Bia. Thank you so much. That's Bia
3: Figueroa, one of the Caterpillar drivers up this weekend, sharing with Christina Nielsen and Catherine Legg.
2: Thank you, Share. Yeah, difficult around here at night, Brian. Uh, difficult to find your markers i would presume there's all right there's some places where the walls are pretty close and you can spot up but there's some places where it isn't and your headlights won't be pointing where you want to be looking i'm thinking coming up the hill to three particularly the cars pointing to the left and and you're looking way over to the right to
5: just catch the right amount of that curb to me this is the most difficult place we come to at night by far. For a lot of reasons. More difficult than Sebring? I believe so, yeah. I believe so. In Sebring, you have... uh, We have another... The 86 car in Gravel and 10B. Ah, yes. Good call.
4: Championship leaders. Yes. Championship elect. Effectively, all they've got to do is start the race on Saturday to be assured of the championship. Well, he hasn't hit anything, no. although he's facing the wrong direction.
5: Then the red flag will have to come out again. And does? And that's ten A, isn't it? I mean, yeah, that's ten B. It's the 10B, exit. I mean, it's yeah. a strange. It's a strange place. That's my point because yeah.
4: it's, 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 I, I gather it's pretty much flat
5: through there now, is it? you it's close. That's really it's that's really, really a strange place. Yeah. Did he yeah.
2: get clipped there? Well, no, I that's I what I'm I wondering. I didn't see didn't another see car on there. the replay. No, but that's uh, that's an interesting one. We'll try and uh, we'll try and sort out what's going on there. As we go down the pit lane, another red flag. Uh, Let's catch up with Acura team uh, Penske. uh, Simon Parchinot out of his car. That means Diana Binks can have a word.
0: Simon's just stepped out. He's just having a quick chat uh, with a colleague. But, um, Simon, you just stepped out of the car. Are you satisfied with how practice is going for you, considering that you're topping the sheets at the moment?
7: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the uh, Acura has been amazing all year long. You know, six guys leading the championship, it's... uh, it's really cool to be uh, coming here and, and, you know, play the game and, and try to um, help my teammates, Montoya and Cameron, uh, get the championship. So I'm really excited. Obviously, as you know, we've had a fantastic year with Team Penske, so uh, we'll try to top it off this weekend. My, my, my job is it's a little different than other drivers, I think. This weekend I'm here to support and um, make sure I bring the car with, uh, in, uh, with all four corners on it.
0: I mean, you're an experienced driver. You know, you're not going to feel the pressure in the same way, are you? Because you know what to expect and what to do, which is why you've just said you're here to support the guys and also give them the added um, expertise, knowledge of your expertise as well.
7: Yes, you know, I've, I've been racing sports cars. Uh, I've been coming here since 2008 and um, uh, IMSA has been phenomenal for my career. It's been really um, the, the the category that propelled me to where I am today. Uh, so. You know, I'm, I'm always very uh, sentimental when I come back, and, uh, and I'm just uh, glad I can be part of the team and um, that um, you know, I can bring some experience. Like you say, it's, it's always good to have some fresh blood sometimes, um, just for other ideas that you may not think of. But quite frankly, with uh, Dane and, uh, and Juan Pablo, they, they already have all the experience they need. So, um, like I said, I'm just here to support, and uh, my goal is to uh, bring my A game on, on Saturday and, and uh, make sure I fulfill the, the desire of the team.
0: You said that, that this is a circuit that you'd love to come back to. How would you describe it for someone that's never raced here? And they're, say they're starting out in their career and they've got an opportunity to race here. Why should they come?
7: Well, it's a roller coaster. You know, there's a lot of elevation changes. It's a fast track where you need to have full commitment. So, you know, you got to make the car work for you to give you the confidence to, to commit. Um, turn 1 is a pure example. Uh, you make one little mistake, it's going to end up badly. So you know there's a lot of risk versus reward around this track but in the meantime um it's a it's a top track i mean i, I enjoy it just because of that rhythm um and uh and the, the fans you know i mean it's incredible to see the, the the support that we get from the fans camping here um it, it's between sebring and this one it's pretty phenomenal
0: well you make it enjoyable for the fans simon so thank you thank you very much
2: simon know, making some very good points and observations about uh, this track uh, a man of uh, of consideration, that thinking man's racing driver, as is Brian Sellis, who's with us. Just got this in on Atim's radio from Dion Fialo. He said, I'm watching over in that part of the circuit, and it looked like the number 86 Acura lost the rear in between 10A and 10B, uh, and then getting back on the throttle had a bit of a tank slapper uh, in 10B and went the opposite direction. Easy to do that if you take too much pace or too much curb." in Tenier. that's a very that curb on the left hand side of 10 it's it's almost begging you to take it and it could just upset the car if you hit it at the wrong angle
5: yeah that's right and I, it, we just saw the replay and that's kind of, that's kind of what it looked like up from this end too as you can see the the brake zone is so important down there in terms of we're watching it again here so yeah it, it, it the brake zone there is so important in terms of lap time and it looks like to me that the 86 car probably just kept pushing the brake marker the brake marker a little bit ended up carrying a a little bit too much speed at the apex of 10A, and in the transition between 10A, 10B, had a little bit too much throttle and just spun the rear around.
2: I love my, uh, I love the team. Uh, this is the, the team uh, uh, Twitter account. Small off for Justin Marks. No sweat. How else do you test the limits?
4: <laughs> yeah, and for Justin, of course, he, has, he hasn't been in the car since uh, since Watkins Glen, so you know, it's a long time to be out of the car.
2: Yes, that's true. Uh, they did win there, of course, so that, you know, he's, he... Had a, he's got a winning record coming in, only as good as your last race, apparently. Uh, well, he won his last race with them, so that kind of that kind of works. Uh, it's Brian Sellers, Jeremy Shaw, and John Hindorf in the booth. It's Justin Marks is running under his own power and heading back towards the pit lane, the IMSA intervention vehicle is doing a great job again. And a, a word here for our ladies and gentlemen in white or. Orange or yellow or whatever colour overalls you wear. If you're a volunteer marshal or a volunteer, whether you're punching tickets, parking cars, waving flags or dragging people out of gravel beds, thank you very much indeed for giving up your free time so that we can go motor racing. I'm, a, I'm very honoured to be an ambassador of the British Motor Racing Marshal's Club and I know just how hard you guys work. Uh, and whether I'm commentating or racing, thank you very much indeed for what you do. By the way, if you're listening in the UK and you are a Marshall, 8th and 9th of November, the Jim Clark Rally up in the Borders. Uh, if you've got some time that weekend, and particularly if, you are, uh, if you've are, if got your radio certificate, uh, get onto the Marshalls' website, please, because uh, we could do with a few more Marshalls for what is a super all-tarmac event on public roads. It's an unusual event in the UK. It's been... Uh, one of the Old Tarmac Public Roads events uh, for a very long time. Uh, and if you uh, if you are available for the 8th and 9th of November, please uh, use your normal channels and see if you can get signed up for that. But for everyone here this weekend, or marshalling anywhere this weekend, as the green flag comes back out, thank you very much indeed. Uh, guess what? The Wheel and Engineering Cadillac is at the front of the queue. They have a superstition about getting out there. They were getting ready to go on the pit lane before the previous session had started earlier on uh, today and the red and white 31 car is out on the track resplendent in that uh, now becoming a classic livery hasn't it It's become a classic livery that red and white wheel and car
4: yes yeah, very distinctive isn't it? it does look great and it's uh, it was fast this morning that was the car that set the pace this morning with Felipe Nasser at the wheel A one minute nine point zero it's another Cadillac that's quickest this afternoon and perhaps not one that one would have expected. column 85, Tristan Vautier, just before that red flag, turned a woman at one 9.3 to be fastest this afternoon. In second position, the number five Cadillac, won 10.2. Then the two Acuras oh, wow. of number seven and 6 they're 10.6, they're 10.7. And I fancy they're concentrating on longer runs this afternoon. Of course, this morning, the timing of this morning's session when was the green flag? Was it what 10:50? Uh, the race on Saturday won't start till noon, so this is kind of a much more relevant time of the day, is it not, Brian Sellers? And
5: extremely relevant to qualifying tomorrow. Yeah. So yes. this would be about the best time. So when when I when you know I think when I look at the time gap, I don't wonder if um, if uh, Tristan didn't do a qualifying yeah. run and not qualifying yeah. Sim um, because the gap from second onward is is fairly tight but to see him yeah. a second ahead makes me wonder you know if he was on a little bit lighter fuel and sticker tires compared to what everyone else was maybe in preparation for tomorrow
2: in gt le mans at chevy corvette at the top antonio garcia staking his claim for the drive in the new c8r which is beneath our feet and had the covers pulled off it. i know it's been seen elsewhere but first time at a racetrack For the C8R, ahead of the two Ford GTs, Ryan Briscoe, Sebastian Bordier in the 67 and 68. Then the second of the Corvettes, Ollie Gavin in the four-car in fourth position. Then the Ferrari, number 62, Daniel Serra, uh, behind the wheel of that car. Welcome back to Ricci. If you didn't catch the news uh, earlier on, uh, or late on last week, uh, the Giuseppe Ricci team, the Houston-based team, back uh, in the Championship at the moment for a one-off, but uh, Giuseppe looking closely, assessing what happens this weekend, but I think, gentlemen, that looking at the driving line-up there with James Collardo, uh, Alessandro Perghidi and Daniel Serra, we can say that there's some, uh, there's some Ferrari influence there, Brian, and I think... That boards well and everybody up and down the paddock wants to see that Ferrari
5: back full time. It has to come back. <laughs> it has, it it has, has to, to come, come back. back. I mean it's just it doesn't feel the same without a Ricci car in yeah. the field and you know I was fortunate enough to race against those guys for a lot of years and it just it doesn't feel the same. It is interesting to me that um they send all their heavy hitters, right? I mean that you that that kind of tells you that Ferrari has a big interest in coming back. Otherwise, they wouldn't. I mean, obviously, you know, Colado likely won't be the guy for next year to be in with whoever because of his Formula E commitments, but nonetheless...
4: Yes, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: But this is the this is the driver trio, as Shea has just reminded me, that won Le Mans this year. That's right. So, you know, we're, we're not... We're not talking about Hicks from the
5: Sticks here. They're proper Ferrari drivers. Yeah, and I they think they all have pretty big names in the business. Yeah, <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah and, and I'm, I'm with you, Brian, on that. Uh, the, I, I think this is significant that A-Risi are back, but I read more into the fact of who's in the car Well, here. No,
4: you always have drivers. I mean, the, the, the two of these three were part of the... Yes, the, no, no, agreed. Know, they're, they're regular drivers for Risi, aren't they? It
2: suggests to me, though, that, that there's been um, a, a rapprochement between... Risi and Ferrari, people said there'd been a bit of a split, I'm not sure that was the case, but certainly that that tells you right there, with, uh, who's at the wheel of the 62 at the moment, it's Daniel Serra, still just weaving around in the opening couple of laps, trying to get some, either clean off the surface of the Michelins, or get a bit more surface temperature into them as he comes down the long back straight, but I do think it boards well I'd love to see them back.
5: Uh, another manufacturer yeah. in the championship is is good. And we're they need the. C- to be honest, we n- you have to have the car count. Yes. yes. I mean, it's and if we're losing two Fords, losing two Fords, you got to pick something back mm.
2: up. Yeah, agreed.
5: Coke Co- Co- livery looks fantastic. It's fantastic, isn't
2: it? Coca Porsches were circulating nine one two nine one one yesterday, and just the way, the, the body language of that car, Brian Sellers, as we've got a spin for the number 38 prototype in the hands of Gabriel Aubrey. Uh, uh, Andrew Evans. Excuse me, yep. Andrew Evans. Oh yes, I'm one line too far yeah, down. It's My it's apologies. Too, yeah, no. It's and that is at turn 6. He's, and he's facing the wrong direction. He's driven back towards turn 6 on the outside, so he's gone a long way past. He got most of the way around the corner. And... Oh, no, there's somebody in there as well. And that was one of the Penske team Acura yeah, was cars. Car, I think. Was it Juan Montoya, by any chance?
4: <laughs> Unlikely, huh? Unlikely. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, it looked It looked like the Penske car was just a nose up and maybe it was a little bit wide.
2: Now, is there damage? I, I th- oh, were, if there was contact, it was... Left front to right rear. Penske to Orica. And it looks like that right rear suspension is okay. And it gets around. Don't have the best of locks on these cars. There's a bit of shaking and moving. Let's have a look when he gets back onto the hard stand. I think he's all right. I think he's all right there. Can't see too much damage. And as they...
5: Well, he was in the vicinity. I think he just I think he just tried to leave him some room Too much and probably room. got out in the marbles a little bit it's yeah. that that is um you know that's something that we see more and more um that the there's like this double edged sword between a tire right when a tire is good and it lasts for the course of a stint people think it, it keeps the rubber on it but in reality it sheds the rubber and you continue to have a new layer beneath it and so along with the longevity of the tire also comes a lot more marbles yes. and so you're already seeing more marbling than what we usually do and so when you get a little bit wide in a corner like that it, it can affect you
2: well I, I noticed after every session and even though there's about only about 10 or 15 minutes between every session the sweepers and the blows are going out now that's great when you've got an hour and 15 seconds and then 15, uh, 15 uh, an hour and 15 and then 15 minutes and then an hour you can't do that in the race so you're going to get build up and start to reduce the width of the track effectively from the halfway through the second hour.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you'll see um, is Bo Barfield, the race director, um, You know, having been a racer at one point in time, will address that at every single opportunity. And so likely what you'll see him do is pick the major problem areas, turn 12, the outside of the S's, maybe the outside of six, seven, and try and clean those every single opportunity yes. he gets. And the and reason if you're saying that
2: that, that, is the, that is the places where drivers will try to give faster cars a bit of room and therefore you do the right thing I know you're always told in the drivers meeting, if you're, the drivers, if you're a slower driver or a driver of a slower car, <laughs> Handoff puts his hand up, stay on the racing line and let the faster guy go by you that's all very well and good but when somebody's charging up behind you in a prototype, you want to make it as easy for them as possible so it's not to ruin your own race. You go a car's width offline, you could put yourself into the wall yeah. by trying to do the
5: right thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's right. And in the, the biggest problem is that doesn't always just... It's not just that that... One corner is the thing that can affect you. It can carry you for multiple corners. Yes, and um, especially if it's cold outside, like at nighttime, and you have a hot tire and the track temp is low, it's very hard to get those to marbles tires back, back off those. Mm-hmm. And so you may never get that back off.
4: Oops, there's another spin on number 96. At BMW. 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 That's McAvoy, they're trying to get some. I guess that's turn uh, ten B again. As well. People uh, are starting to
2: explore the outer limits of that new surface there, and maybe it's just catching them out a little bit.
4: Great lap last time around by Gabriel Obrey in the LMP2 leading car. Oh, wow, up to eighth fastest overall. He came with fifty-two, one eleven point zero two five. That's a really, really good lap in that P2 car. Eighth overall, so quicker than. Uh, Four other prototypes quicker than the the Maz, the car number 55, uh, and three of the Cadillacs, number 10, 84, and 50 as well. Great effort.
2: Brian Sellers is with us in the booth. We'll hear from Dinah Binks and Shea Adam in due course. Still... 23 minutes to go and it looks like that 96 well, Turner BMW he, might just be waiting for a gap in the traffic yeah. I think that's the problem. He, I thought he was high centered for a moment but he's pulled that car further
4: off the track actually. But he can't go too far forward because then it would be into the, in gravel, the gravel so his tra- he, he he needs to reverse but he needs to make sure there's clear track around him and
5: and you can't. Sure he can't see anything. No, no, he'll
4: probably have a spotter, though, will not he, in that area? So likely, likely. And
5: it's sometimes you'll get a marshal that will start to work his way back down True. to help yes. guide you back yeah. out. But one of the hard things is these cars aren't really made to go in reverse, right? No. So it's yeah. you know kind of this. He's
2: doing a good job.
5: He's yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing, doing a really good
2: job. He he's inching back out under the track, and I mean, it's something you can't practice. Is it? You don't hopefully want to practice, not, yeah. You know, and um. You know, again, test days and things like that. If you you get stuck on a track somewhere, all you can do, first of all, find where reverse is. How many times have you jumped into a race car, Brian, and not even known
5: how to get reverse? I mean, well, I can distinctly remember one time in Long Beach, and when uh, I was <laughs> with Falcon Tire, that they sent me on a qualifying sim and um, turned. Uh, I think eights onto the to the back straightaway. Yep. And I hit the brakes and I knew right away I wouldn't make it. And I was straight into the access road. And I sat there for five minutes because I couldn't find the res- reverse button. Yep. So they're pretty upset with me that I can't find reverse. <laughs> Finally, I get the thing backed out of the access road. And I go around for the next lap and do the same thing the very (laughs) next lap (laughs) but at least you knew where reverse reverse was it wasn't one of my finer moments (laughs) I have to say but I didn't hit anything at least
2: but these are all those things that as a racing driver and it doesn't matter when it happens but hopefully you bank those and once you've made that mistake once right I didn't know where reverse is so how many times since then have you got into a new racing car and you know before you go out and you say, and where's how do I get reverse? Yeah, What's the procedure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did exactly the same when no I one at likes my first race. looking like a fool, nope. that's for sure. It's the, it's the thing that you look, and, and I've seen people look at me before when I've gone to test or race cars and said, this is what you did, blah, blah, blah. And I went, and how do I get reverse? And they go, why would you want to know how to get reverse? Well, in case I need it.
6: Just OK, well,
2: you have to pull both the paddles back and push this or, or whatever you've got to do. Everyone's slightly different. Not everyone's got the same thing to do. Yeah, but once you've done it, you, you file that one away and it gets added to your list of things you check, like making sure the fire extinguisher pin's pulled out and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. 21 minutes to go. Brian Sellers with us here in the booth. Here's how it stands in his class. GTD, the Paul Miller 48 Lamborghini, pretty much repaired after... The problem for Marco Seafried this morning will be out later on today. It's Mercedes-AMG GT3 that leads the number 33 uh, with a 1.19.2. That's not hanging about round here. A 19.6 for Monteplas by Land, white and green Audi. Then the 63 Ferrari, that's the WeatherTech car. Tony Velander out in that. Then BMW, Uh, number 96, the car that's uh, just been spun, has come in to the pit lane and a couple of
4: improvements further up the field in uh, the GT Le Mans class uh, Jeremy Indeed uh, the, n- the number 62 Rissi Senior Ferrari Daniel Serra the Brazilian at the wheel of that car he's gone fastest now in the class at a 116.708 the fastest time this morning in practice in GTLM was a 16.8 by uh, by Richard Westbrook in calibre 67
5: And you would say that was definitely a sticker tire run because we saw Sarah come out uh, just three or four laps ago down the back straightaway trying to get some temperature in the tires. I I think it's highly likely that there will be a few teams that are doing mock qualifying runs this Right now,
4: yeah. Yeah. Ricky Taylor has just improved to second fastest in Acura Number 7. So, oops. 10B. Talking of which? 77.
2: Tristan Nunez. Tristan Nunez, third position for the 77. And too that's him. In. Yeah, 10A in between 10A and 10B, and it's facing the wrong direction. That'll be a red flag, I think. Yes, it is already. Uh, Dennis Paul has the yellow out now. He was coming down the inside. In no, fact, three different categories no, it's there. It's just gone down the inside of the. ah, No, that's not him. L- ah, no, He's, that's already not him. He's already off. Yes, yeah, sorry, Jeremy.
4: You're absolutely right. Yeah, so he'd just gone third fastest. Ricky Taylor had just gone second fastest, and Dane Cameron uh, had got up to to fourth just in, in those in a, in the last few minutes. <laughs> Certainly, uh, Taylor and Nunez were were uh, pretty recent.
2: Just thinking about that time, Brian. One one nineteen two for the Blakeney Morland car.
5: That's it's respectable. Just, yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I think yeah. it's something like a second and a half quicker than last year's qualifying no, pace, or something. Is it? Last year was
4: uh, 19, 198 or 196. Yeah, 19695 six. by Daniel Serra again, actually. Mm. That was oh Matt yeah, Cricus yeah, right. yep. um, in the GTLM in the Ferrari it is last year. It's very fast.
5: Yeah.
2: It's very fast at this stage of the weekend, for Yeah, at sure. this stage that's of the, the weekend, thing. it's very quick, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. On a harder tyre than everybody was expecting. So, you know, people still getting uh, to grips with that, literally, as well as metaphorically. Uh, we were just talking earlier on, Brian, about the... Myriad of, of lap records that have been set this year with the new Michelins across the classes, upwards of 60 already this year. And we had a couple of tweets into at in radio about, you know, what does it mean when you change your tyre supplier? And, you know, you've run on, on different tyres before. You, you ran on the previous tyre supplier to, to what we have now. It isn't just a case of putting them on the rims and sending the car there's all kinds of things that you have to consider in the setup of the car and and potentially as we were talking uh, earlier on about how you drive the car as well
5: without it without a doubt i mean um I think everybody, every tire manufacturer has their um, goals laid out in their mind of what they want to build the tire to be. And one of the best things about having single make in a series like this is they can kind of dictate whether they want the co- the tire to be fast, whether they want it to have longevity, whether they want it to have a combination of the both. And also then, like you run into what we are this weekend, the difference between our soft compounds and our hard compounds, and the the driving style between the soft compound is significantly different than the hard compound.
2: Uh, and we should say that the teams don't get a choice on that, that is that Michelin will say this weekend we're using this one or that one and how that works. So, so that's a Michelin decision. Aside it's not from like you GTLM, guys, right? Yeah, yeah, GTLM are different. Yeah. But in terms of every other category, it's dictated to you by by Michelin, and, and then you have to set your car up around that tire. That's
5: exactly right.
4: It's certainly a bit annoying when you test it on the, on the one tire that you thought it was going to be brought here, and then they change it at the last minute. It's a little, a little bit irritating.
2: That is actually. without
5: a doubt the hard part because yeah. it is different between the two.
2: Uh, let's go down to Shea Adam while there's a little bit of quiet. She's down at Action Express and has Eric Current.
3: Eric, welcome back to the club of wearing a fire suit. Uh, how's it feel to be driving a race car again?
6: Oh, it feels great. It's, uh, it's a blast to be back in this uh, Wheeling 31 Cadillac. Uh, yeah, it's been a li- little bit since the Glen that I've sat in this thing, but um, man, it all comes back and it just feels great. Um, just kind of getting myself back up to speed. Um, tons of traffic and people doing silly stuff out there, but, uh, but man, this thing's going to be really good. These Action Express guys are always doing a great job and car just feels phenomenal it's fun to just get back in it and have it all work you know I was worried that hey look at that. I haven't been in this thing in months what's it going to feel like but man it came back pretty quick which is which is great so that was a good solid run and I'm um, excited to spend some more time behind the wheel
3: you've been in the undesirable role of main driver going for a championship and having a third guy jump in the car what's it like to be the third guy now
6: yeah it's uh, it's a bit of pressure in a different way for sure um no, I mean, how good I just felt in the car, I, I think we're in good shape. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Felipe and, and people have done a phenomenal job all year, and those guys are super quick, and they're going to be top-notch in this thing, and it's just fun to be a part of it and uh, help these guys try to go for yet another championship, two in a row. Um, I feel like we got what it takes, and uh, for Sonny Whelan and Whelan Engineering, this would be phenomenal to put this thing, uh, put this championship away again, and, uh, boy, it'd be fun to win this thing, too. We haven't won this race before, but been ever so close.
3: What were the track conditions like? You've just jumped out of the car.
6: Uh, the track is actually really good. I mean, the Road Atlanta guys have made some great improvements to a few corners, and uh, track feels better than ever. Uh, as far as the rocks and the marbles all over the place, those don't have a lot of grip. But uh, you know, get those things cleaned up, and I think the track's really quick. Look at the lap times. I mean, these Michelin tires are flying, and uh, yeah, I mean it's going to be a it's going to be a fast paced race. Maybe one of the fastest races we've seen, if as long as people can keep it out of the gravel traps. But I'm excited, and uh, this is going to be a really fun weekend. The weather looks good for everybody, and, and we got a great lineup of cars and some really strong competition, so it's going to be exciting.
3: Good luck and have fun.
6: Thank you very much. She she Adam done. down in the pit lane. At the moment, we only know of one
2: Action Express car for next year, but as we reported earlier on, the guy's working very hard indeed to make sure that the number five car comes back in some way, shape, or form. Mustang sampling long-time Sponsor of that car, current partnership deal coming to a close at the end of the season. That was known about. So, trying to get either additional or replacement sponsorship for that car, the wheeling car, deal done. And that will run through into next year with Philippe Minazza and Pipo Durrani and Philippe Albuquerque joining them for the longer races. That was announced as well. Uh, the green flag is already out. Uh, excuse me, no, it's not. The clock continues to run, though, so we still have a red light at the end of the pit lane. I can just see that. So we're down towards 13 minutes to go for this second free practice session, uh, with a lineup of cars in the fast lane, led by the—that's the core car, isn't it? That's sitting at the front. Both of the Coca-Cola Porsches are together again. So get your cameras out if you're listening on 98.1 FM around the circuit. Good opportunity to get the picture that everybody wants. And uh, just before it gets loud again, Jeremy, I was talking about using. Just before it gets loud again, I was talking about using my Team USA pen earlier on. <laughs> You've uh, now announced your Team USA uh, graduates for 2000 and. Nineteen they'll be heading to the u k for a couple of weekends of Formula Ford
5: racing
4: yeah, indeed they will yeah, and uh Brian sellers knows what that's all about he didn't get to the u k but he went to New Zealand well, it was a long time ago it's now, a man, long time it? ago now I actually <laughs> ran
5: into a j this morning did you yeah oh cool. cool it's still to this day one of the one of the greatest things that I ever got the opportunity to do yeah the, the
4: two guys will be driving for Cliff Dent, are back to green again in, uh, in with 12 minutes remaining in this session
2: Just before they come around and it gets loud let's go down to Ferrari to Risi, welcome back to them and to Daniel Sara who is with Dipings
0: Daniel, you've just jumped out of the car obviously I can see you talking to the engineers what are the track conditions like at this point?
7: Uh, I think in terms of uh, rubber, let's say it's quite ok, the track is not green but it's quite hot now and a lot of traffic, it's difficult to find a, a clean lap but so far so good car feels okay i think we still need to work a bit on degradation but it's okay
0: is that what you're going to use the rest of the rest of this session on just looking and managing the tires
7: yeah like to be honest now we put uh, ale in the car for the first time so it's more for him to get the rhythm but he knows the car so well that um, i'm probably two laps he's there <laughs> Are you enjoying it? Yeah, uh, Road Atlanta is, uh, I think, my favourite track. It's super nice. The first sector is super fast. So when the car is good, it's super nice. <laughs> Thanks you. Thank you.
2: Oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, let's hope that they do get something together for uh, next year. 11 minutes to go. Brian Sellers has been our guest here in the IMSA broadcast booth. So what's the rest of the day going to be like for Paul Miller Racing? The car then, once it's all sorted, go out and do a couple of exploratory laps and make sure everything's all right, give
5: it a spanner check, and then get back into back into the schedule? Back into race prep. Yep, yeah, back into race prep. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have to run, we have to make sure to run into is that... Um, certain drivers have to uh, make night laps and so for us uh, both Marco and Corey have to do laps this evening so that's obviously our number one priority is getting those guys in otherwise I think it's something like you can't drive um, past 7 o'clock if you haven't done your night laps which means that i would have to drive from seven till the end if we can't get back them back in so that's a huge huge priority
2: (laughs) as much as you love driving i
5: love it i love it (laughs) but that's a long time
2: yeah (laughs) i'll tell you mate
5: and there's
4: 30 of the 102 drivers on the interest who who do have to take part in that night practice in order to be eligible to drive uh, during a period of darkness on Saturday. And
2: Brian Sellers saying on uh, earlier on with us here that this is a tough track uh, in the dark. And it's just, I mean, it's daft things like setting the headlights up and things like that that you have to do. I mean, it sounds obvious and there are lights around the track, but there's places where you actually need those headlights. Maybe not pointing in front of you, but heading for a curb somewhere. Yeah,
5: that's how We got cut off uh by the last red flag right when we're in the middle of that but one of the things that makes this place so difficult is the undulations in the road the ups and the downs and so you find quite often that you can see headlights from why Sebring is not too bad is because it's flat and you can see headlights from a long way away but when you come here suddenly cars can appear out of nowhere when you didn't actually expect them to not to mention the fact that the prototypes have to be extremely aggressive here because Uh, Like down into the S's, it's full throttle for them easily. And if they sit behind a GTD car, they can lose one second in lap time in one lap just by sitting there. So they make some pretty aggressive moves in those portions of the track where it's really hard for us to see them.
2: Eight and a half minutes to go. And uh, already some light colours on the timing screen as people are improving. Kringer van der Zander in the number 10, the glossy black Cadillac going very well indeed, Dame Cameron in the Acura team Penske number 6 with the fastest central section at all and goes to the top with a 109.095 a couple of tenths or so better than the previous best set earlier on and at turn 6 we have got the JDC car, 85 car in yeah, second place, one that's Juan Hita. so both of those cars now have been at the, in the gravel at some stage. One, just losing the back end after he'd gone round the Corvette. Number three, I think it was there, that he went by. And whether he just lost that on the downshift or was a little bit ambitious in terms of turning in to turn number six. So There is a bit of banking there at turn six, Brian, so you can attack that corner perhaps a little more than, well certainly more than it was flat and once you get used to that you can actually get a bit overconfident there and try to take too much speed through. You,
5: you can and it's very easy there especially as the tyre starts to wear, that becomes a section where you really struggle for grip
2: He was right across He's to not the left hand t- side of the road, almost had his left rear Michelin on the the dirt is he turned in there, Jeremy. He, he might did. have
5: locked the rear tires or something. Yeah. So you
4: could just t- certainly see the left rear was locked up. That was, it was a lock
5: on a downshift or was
4: that just a braking
2: lock?
5: Probably a braking lock, I would say. That, well, no, I w- it's definitely not a downshift lock. Mm. Um, with the paddle shifts and everything, it's nearly impossible now to, to do that. Um, but likely just a, a rear bias lock.
2: Again, something that drivers have to think about as you go through the stint, you're changing the way the braking behaves, the bias between the front and the rear, how much of the the retardation forces goes through the front wheel and through the back wheel and as the tyre grip changes, as the fuel load changes, as the temperature changes,
5: Brian, you're working on that all the time and and there's no exact formula for that. That is down to what the driver's feeling. Yeah, always down to what the driver feels. And, and I have to say, that's one of the things that I actually miss about, you know, being in GT3 racing with ABS, is that you you lose out on that, that tool. It's not as important for us because the ABS takes care of those things.
4: Gravel. A lot of gravel, yeah. A lot of gravel left behind there by Pedri. His last lap around was a 110.9, which is still quicker than two or three cars have gone in the prototypes, including his teammate Simon Trummer, actually so far in the session. But uh, in those last few minutes, so as we're getting down down to inside six minutes to go before we're, we're going to go back to green fairly shortly, quite a few improvements over the last few minutes, including, of course, Dane Cameron went to the, t- to the top in car number six. Rengavanda's ended up to third place in car number 10 of the, of the Cadillacs. Piper Durani also improved. He's now fifth in number 31 Cadillac at 110.0. Uh, so pretty much equal with uh, Castro and Nevers. Uh, and who's the other improvement there? Philip Albuquerque in column number five turned one minute 10.1 to be seventh just
5: a, a couple of laps ago. Dane it is a pretty special talent. He
2: is. No he is, doubt. Yeah. No doubt about it. In comes the 85 car. Share Adam is down in the pit lane uh, waiting for of van der Sander with five minutes to go.
3: Who was very polite, I do have to say. He took his helmet off and he said, May I just go really quick and debrief with the engineers? And I said, Of course you can. That's your number one job for being here. And Ranger, whose dad, Ronald, is actually here, and he himself is a rally champion. So that's pretty cool to have uh, Ranger with his dad here. So, Ranger, you said this morning it was going to be an easy day. You were going to go out there and just run a couple laps and then let the other two guys handle it. You're now sweating. You've been running a lot more laps than you were
1: planning today. Yeah, I'm happy to be sweating because it's always nice here, I mean, uh, what a fantastic track. Every time you go out here it feels so fast because there's no rest on the, on, the, on the section where all the corners are and you just keep steering around, left, right, left, right, and it's, uh, it's a real thrill, but uh, it's, it's going okay, we're still working on the car, getting it better, and uh, we had a fantastic result last year and I think it's, it's, it's such a race where it's teamwork, you know. so it's about uh, getting the car set up for the right moments of the, of the race. Um, but at the same time uh, making the right decisions from the pit wall so being clever as well as a driver so it's a uh, it's a fantastic race
3: now last year you and jordan went out and celebrated your win with a special uh, post-race meal every time i drive by a waffle house now i'm thinking about you guys I'm planning on maybe going back there saturday night if you can replicate this
1: oh for sure that's uh that's a ritual now but uh <laughs> i mean it's uh yeah, let's go uh, the aim is waffle house that for sure and the competition is tough. It's, uh, it's very competitive in this field. So that's what we like and that's the challenge that we, uh, we like to go for. So happy to go out and uh, finally to get to racing on, uh, on Saturday morning. Thanks for the
3: challenge.
2: Yeah, great. St- you could tell he's excited. He was talking a million miles an hour there. He's buzzed up. He's just out the car. He's, he's really feeling it, isn't he? He always
4: is, though, isn't uh, he? Well yeah, he's but always t- got that enthusiasm. Yeah, I just love it. It's great. Uh, Clearly, he's he's reveling in that car at the moment. Third fastest. That's pretty good for this stage of the weekend. He could be happy with that.
2: You forget until you see some of these onboards. You don't, because you drive it all the time, Brian. But you forget how quick this track is, even in the corners that you think of slow corners, like turn three, for example. That's not a slow corner now, is it? No,
5: not at all. Not at all. And it's it's one of the more difficult corners, not just here, but in general. I mean... you're coming up over a blind corner and fifth gear and you're bending to the left as you have to brake and turn to the right and so getting the car balance correct the attitude of the car Mm -hmm. uh... is extremely difficult and then Hitting the curb at the right angle, at the right amount, at the right speed, so you don't launch too far on the exit. It is. But you not have an to take curb there. If you, you, have
2: have you haven't taken cur- curb there, you're already in trouble, aren't you? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. getting the right amount.
5: Yeah, you can take too much and it's bad. You take too little, it's bad. So it is a it's yeah. a difficult corner.
2: Yeah, very very fast part of the racetrack, and even in GT cars, down through the S's there, as Brian was saying earlier, I'm pretty much flat out turning into the S's and in the. Uh, GT, Le Mans cars, it is flat out through there in fifth gear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that just boggles my mind.
5: I, I mean, it seems like ages And that's a ago. one
2: groove. That's a one groove part of the track.
5: There's nowhere else. Yeah, there's nowhere else. There's one line and one line only, especially in a GT car. I mean, I think, like, the prototypes, they can miss, they can miss the turn in a little bit because they have so much more arrow. Oh, but in a GT car, even the LM cars, if you miss, mm-hmm. it, it's no longer an easy uh, corner.
2: 90 seconds to go and into the pits, Dane Cameron a little mistake there at the top in, of the hill yeah. for who's in the three that's Mike Rockenfella I think getting it some laps.
4: Rockenfella, it was, guy, it, was car, it was the car ahead of him ah. 66 Ford? yeah 66 we were on board Ford. with Rockenfeller, but it was, it was the other car that went off the road there
2: and that was uh, Sebastian Bordier ah. just uh, getting a few laps in oh it must be hard Brian what? to be a third driver yeah jumping into an established team for a big race particularly when championships are on the line, and they're never going to get enough track time before the race are they
5: i always say um being the third driver is yeah you see just a little little too fast in just on where the we were talking yeah, about yeah, right, right, and he's he just gone
4: personal best for that car through that first sector so he was uh, he was on a good he run, was pushing he?
5: yeah absolutely <laughs> The third driver is an unenviable role, without mm. a doubt, yeah. because uh, the third driver has to come in and be fast, but not too fast. They have to come in and, and give good feedback and a good opinion, but not too much to make everybody angry. They yeah. have to <laughs> you know, they, they have to win the race for you in the trenches on the least amount of laps, with the least amount of experience for the season. Is is not an easy role.
4: Mm. Improvement there for Philip Albuquerque last time around in kind of a five up to third fastest center run. Bumps down number 10 of Ranga van der Zander, Jordan Taylor and uh, Matthew Ves- Vesivier who's driving that car at the moment with uh, just a few seconds remaining.
2: Let's see who's potentially improving. Checkered flag out, Juan Pedro Hita sees it first. Bit of close action going up the hill between turns one and two. That was the Mazda uh, 55 going up the hill there I think going round the outside of the Risi Ferrari number 62
4: and The Mazda's down in 7th and 8th in this session Tristan Nunez number 77 head of Jonathan Bomrito slow burn for the Mazdas yeah, just building into it yeah. best times <laughs> turned by Oliver Jarvis number 77 and uh, that was a one minute t- Ten point one. Jonathan Bombrito's best at ten point four in the sister car number fifty-five.
2: So no major changes at the end there. They'll see a one twenty point eight for People Durrani on that last lap. That was an improvement for People. Six position. I think that's where he was, wasn't it? So he's improved his time, but not his position. John Bennett improving as well in the What we think will be the last outing for the Nissan Powered DPI. Uh, Tommy Milner improving that last time around in the Corvette number four as well. But no major changes there. Interruptions, yeah, a couple of them for red flags. People throwing themselves at the gravel, mainly at the 10A, 10B complex. But not exclusively there. We've had a couple of people off at Turn 6.0. Uh, as well, and one or two people taking the motorcycle, chicane or somewhere close to it, at the top of the hill. Uh, that'll do it for this session of IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That was their second free practice. Thanks to Brian Sellers for joining us. We'll see you in the car later on, presumably.
5: You'll see me. That's,
2: Absolutely. That's give us a wave as you come past. We've got good visibility <laughs> now. Uh, in the booth with us here uh, this afternoon with with Brian and. Uh, uh, Jeremy, Shaw, me, John, High enough. It was Dye Binks and Shea Adam down in the pit lane. IMSA Radio, live from trackside, 98.1 FM around the track. RS2, IMSA Radio around the world.
0: This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit radiolamond.com.